Welcome to the John Wesley United Methodist Church in Houston podcast. I'm Marty Dunbar, one of the pastors. We exist to connect people to Jesus, and we hope through this podcast that you find a greater connection and spiritual growth in the one we believe is the Lord and Savior of our lives, that's Jesus Christ. It's exactly what we're talking about this week during this message, is what does it truly mean to be connected to Jesus? Connectology 101, basically, the theology of being connected based off of John 15, the first five verses, verses one through five, as it talks about how Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And what does that mean for us to remain and abide or you could say connect to Jesus and how vitally important that is in our life? How do we do that as a church? What does that look like? And how important is that as we seek to do that as a local congregation in light of the kingdom of God? So we just pray that your week is continued to be blessed as you listen to this podcast. So I want to uh, thank our uh, choir and want to thank our orchestra and so appreciate them. All our musicians, uh, we want to thank Paul leading us. He's our guest director, Phil's out of town. And so we appreciate uh, them so much. Made our uh, worship service definitely special. Well, last time I was up here a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about how crickets, insects, bugs were the new superfood. That's what people say, and that's what they want you to believe. And I think that it's probably somewhat true, right? Because crickets pound per pound, have more protein in them than beef. They have more calcium than milk. They have more iron in them than uh, spinach does. Well, when I was telling you about them and eating them, I really wasn't all that serious, although there is an industry that wants you to do that. I wasn't really serious. Well, it was made for a great illustration, but on Tuesday, following my sermon, I got this package in the mail from Amazon, and I didn't order anything from Amazon, and so I tentatively opened up my package, and I found in there about six to eight packets of crickets. I had uh, Zesty Ranch crickets. I had cayenne, spicy cayenne pepper crickets. There was barbecue crickets. There was all these other crickets. There was no chocolate crickets, but there were all these different flavors. Stuck some out for the staff in the staff room, and no one really ate any. Arlene Rollins and I, Josh Walker, production guy, we went in there. We had some crickets. We tried some Zesty Ranch ones, and they just started tasting like styrofoam with a little seasoning on them. But one of our members uh, thought it would just be funny to send me some packs of crickets. And I, again, wasn't really serious about it. Well, he says that they actually do have some companies that make pretty good tasting crickets. Well, these were not all that great tasting. They said he was going to send me some more, so maybe we'll get to try those. Well, again, I wasn't really serious about the whole eating crickets thing. And sometimes in our life, we're just joking about things. But there's this line in our life that we say a lot of times is, I'm not joking. I'm really serious. I had a friend, Brad, growing up, and he was such a jokester, but he would, for us to be serious, know he was serious, he'd have to say, I'm serious. I'm really, I'm not joking this time. I'm serious. And so we need to be serious about a few things in the church. We need to be serious about things in our life. 
especially when you talk about the universal church, when you look at what does it mean for us, not only as a United Methodist church, but there are uh, Catholic churches out there, Baptist, non-denomination, Christians around the world. We need to be serious about some things. We need to be serious about that we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the resurrection. I mean, that's what sets us apart. We believe in that. We have faith in that. We trust in that. And so it's vitally important. We also understand and we believe and are serious about God being love, right? That God loves us and he calls us to love others, as well as that God wants to transform our lives with forgiveness and grace and hope. Now, as John Wesley United Methodist Church uh, I think we need to be serious about a few things. And yes, joking aside, we need to be serious about our mission and vision. Anybody know what our mission is? Anybody want to shout it out? It's really easy, actually. We exist to what? Huh, they gave you the answer. Connect people to Jesus. That's the mission, okay? The mission, why do you exist? I mean, if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything, right? And so we exist to connect people to Jesus. And our vision statement is, is that we will be an irresistible church that connects you, your next door neighbor, and the next generation to Jesus Christ. I mean, that's the goal, okay? But we want to connect people to Jesus. And so there's this theology of connectology. There's this practice of connectology. What exactly does it mean to be connected? How, what does that look like? How do we do those sort of things? And so for the next few weeks, we're actually gonna talk about that, how we intentionally connect people into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, how we connect you and how we connect others. But today I wanna talk about the foundation and what does it mean to be connected to Jesus? What does that all mean? Because our God is a connecting God. He seeks to connect with each and every one of us in a personal way. So if you have your scriptures, open to the Gospel of John, okay? Whatever device you have them on, or if you have them on hard copy, whatever. The Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, right? The last Gospel. We're going to be looking at chapter 15. You can read uh, all of chapter 15, or at least 1 through 17, and I'm going to actually get to that at some point in time in the, in the sermon, but really for time's sake, we're only going to be looking at 1 through 5. And so this is what John chapter 15, verses 1 through 5 says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. So apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So let me set the scene of what we're looking at here. Here's Jesus speaking to a Jewish crowd, speaking to his disciples, others, and, he, and, he, and he's saying, okay, the Old Testament, they would know in their Hebrew scriptures the, that the vineyard was Israel, was them, the chosen people, okay? That was the vineyard. 
And Jesus begins to transform that image. He says, really, the vineyard is the kingdom of God. And he talks about it in other different ways throughout Scripture. And the kingdom of God, the vineyard, focuses us on the Father, God. He is the vine dresser, the gardener, the vinter. Okay? And so that's his role. He tends the vineyard, he um, tends the vines, he prunes the vines, he prunes the branches, and ultimately, with the fruit that is produced, he receives the glory. And Jesus says in verse 1, he says, it's one of his I am statements, the character of who he is and who God is, but I am the vine. No longer is Israel the vine, no longer is Israel the vineyard, the vine now is Jesus Christ. And so the vineyard before Israel had failed. If you read the prophets in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, you will hear that Israel has failed to produce the fruit that they were supposed to produce. So God says, okay, I'm not going to allow my plan of salvation to fail. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do the work. And I'm going to come into this world, and Jesus is the fulfillment of Israel's calling, okay? to be the fruit, to be the vine, the true vine. And this is a relationship, a call to a relationship with God, with the vine, with the things that brings life. And so if you desire fruit that will last eternally in your own life and fill you up, then you get that through a connection with Jesus Christ. Connectology 101, basic understanding of connectology in spiritual life. Now, religion has failed. The Israelites' religion was their thing. I mean, they had turned faith, following God, believing in God, doing what God wanted and what God had said into all sorts of rules and commands and demands and all sorts of things and burdens and things like that. And so it wasn't producing any true redemption at all. Their efforts weren't bringing that. And so Jesus says, I am that now. I'm going to bring that into your life. I'm going to create the life and the resurrection that you truly need in your life and all creation needs. Ultimately, Jesus is divine. There's a a venter. If you went and asked a venter, venter takes care of, right, the, the beautiful vine and the branches that come off that that produce the fruit. And the venter was the one that does the, the pruning and the cutting, but also then makes, helps make wine. If you go and talk to an expert, successful venter in Napa Valley, you would hear of a person who is constantly in care of his vines or her vines and branches. This uh, venter would tell you that in the first year a shoot is planted and that begins to grow and establish itself and they don't touch it, they don't mess with it. The second year what happens is they micromanage the vine, the branches, okay? They are always looking and trying to trim and prune so that that branch will grow with a healthy foundation for years to come. And in the third year, fruit begins to develop. And they don't do anything with the fruit. They let it fall to the ground and just rot away because there wouldn't be any flavor in that new fruit. And then the fourth year and beyond, they begin to, again, prune and make the right cuts 
so that fruit begins to have wonderful flavor. Again, a tie into what Jesus says. He says what? You should be salt, right? Salt, you should be flavor, right? And so it's another call to that. So God is the vinter, right? In verse two, God, Jesus says, God will cut off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. So there's fruitless branches and there's branches that have fruit. Fruitless branches are dead branches. And these dead branches are for some reason already disconnected in a thing that brings life, brings nourishment, the vine. For some reason, something has happened. They have disconnected themselves. They have allowed themselves to be disconnected so there is no life coming into them. And then there's the fruit-bearing vines. And these fruit-bearing vines are cared for and they're pruned more so that they can grow robust and flavorful fruit. Now, it's not our job as branches, as fellow branches, it's not our job to trim other branches. We are not called to prune other branches. The responsibility is God's alone. And there's no explanation of why these branches have died. There's no explanation of why they're disconnected at all. But they are. It must have been some sort of, again, intentional disconnection. They've severed themselves for some reason. Even those vines that seem like they're dead actually aren't. And the venter will go in and scrape a little off and, and see that there's, there's potential, there's life still in these branches that look dead. Spiritually, God doesn't sever the weak believer. God doesn't sever the person who is faltering or the person that is seeking or the person that doesn't know everything about faith. God doesn't sever those. God prunes that person to produce more fruit. The fruit producers are a part of this plan. And so it's included in the pruning process. And it's not easy. If you've been following Christ, if you've been connected to God in any form or fashion, most likely he has pruned in your life, right? He's taken experiences that you've uh, been a part of and he has used them to prune some things out of your life, right? You have endured some things in your life that ultimately took maybe some good things or even better things. And God said, I'm gonna take those things out and I'm gonna try to create the best in you, the best. Because he wants you to be everything that he has called you to be. Not, not just good, but the best. And so God prunes, God cuts away. He cuts away at those things that suck life out of us. He tries to cut away on those things that hold us in bondage that don't let us be free from our past or free from sin. He tries to cut away from those things that we just keep in our life for some reason that hurt us and hurt other people. In my life, the pruning process has happened in so many different ways. One of the greatest ways that I know I've endured pruning is in just the, in my life as being, being married, right, marriage. 
I mean, when you are married, married or in an intimate relationship with somebody in some form or fashion, you, you know what it means that you have to have this mutual indwelling, this mutual love. And boy, I'll tell you, God has pruned my pride. God has pruned my uh, times and my attitudes. God has pruned me along the ways over those 20 years of marriage in ways I could never imagine. And God does that so that I might become the very image of Christ. He doesn't want to leave me the same. He wants me to be the best that I can be. God doesn't hack away either. God doesn't come into your life with a machete and even look at the vines or the branches and just start hacking away. That's just not what he does. He takes, he's an experienced inventor and he takes these little small cuts in our life and he takes things and he prunes them and he wants us to become everything we can become, right, in him. And so the branches that, again, seem dead maybe in our life and underneath, they just, they need a little pruning and they become lively and, and bring move, new fruit in our life. And these series of precision cuts, strategic cuts, intentional cuts, that helps us stay connected to him and grow in our relationship with him. Verse three, Jesus says, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. So what is Jesus saying there? He's saying, listen, I've done the work. I've done the work. I've shared a message with you, those who are hearing him right then and there. I've shared something about who God is and about the good news and what God wants to do in your life and everybody's life and who I am. And I've shared that with you and that has helped purify you. Ultimately, Jesus dies on a cross, right? And he does the work for us. He purifies us. And this is a message that we have, a gospel message that's a good news, right, that we have to offer to all people, whether they want to take it or not. But that's what we believe, and that's what we understand God to be and Jesus to be. And these connected branches don't cleanse or prune themselves or other people. They don't do that. Again, that's not the responsibility. The thing that you can control if you want to be connected is you can control your own connection, right? That's all you can control. This ongoing relationship with God that God calls you to be loving and obedient and a mutual relationship with him, that you're willing to surrender your own things, your own wants, your own will, your own ways to him. It's this, again, understanding that grace and forgiveness and salvation comes through him and not through just stuff that we do, but that's where we're called to connect and, and continue to connect or be reconnected to him. In verse four, Jesus says, remain in me. This is the heart of the scripture for me, but remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So he's talking about remaining. What is remaining me? The Greek word for remaining is mino. Mino means continuously connected. Isn't that cool? You must remain continuously connected. Now, you might not feel continuously connected to God, but you need to remain continuously connected because you control that portion, that connection. 
Now, there's a lot of things in life we can be successful with. Man, we can have tons of money sitting in the bank. We can have a great job. We can be running a business. We can be running a church. We can be whatever. We can have a great family, all sorts of things. All that, all those efforts and successes are in vain because they are not going to follow us anywhere else. And so he says, basically, the fruit that will last, the true life that brings true meaning is transformation in your life and fruit that is produced by the connection to the true vine that the Holy Spirit is in your life and begins to bring fruit into your life in all sorts of different ways. So how do we stay connected? Again, it's not just automatic. It has to be intentional in our life. We have to work towards that, but it's an earnest eagerness. It's not merely persistence and effort, and I'm going to just take the vine, and I'm going to stay connected. It's not, it's not that. It's an eager willingness to be in a relationship again, maybe to surrender, maybe to give up our own will, our own ways, and then begin to produce fruit. Because the vinter doesn't walk over to the branch and just go, grow fruit. You know? That doesn't work. It's by the connectivity, the pruning, the care for that branch that's attached to the vine that over time the fruit is because of the effort of the vinter and the connection to the vine, right? That's where the fruit comes in. That's where the fruit comes from. And so to produce fruit, there's this attention, as we hear in our scripture, an attention towards a relationship with Jesus and that spiritual work of God in our life and the connecting to Jesus and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our life. Verse five, Jesus says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So again, you think you're doing stuff, but ultimately the fruit that lasts, apart from me, nothing can happen. That's Connectology 101. That's why it's important to connect to Jesus. You gotta connect to something because the world is trying to connect us to all sorts of different things and we'll find, whoo, connected there and then that's a life sucker. It takes life away from us and brings death into our life, but connection to Christ is life-giving. Christian life produces fruit. And in that fruit, it begins to conform our character, right? When we're, when we're connected to Jesus, it forms our character, it identifies us by the fruit we have, that we are of Christ. And the fruit is ultimately an unavoidable result of being connected to Jesus. I mean, how can something that's connected to God, life-giving God, not produce fruit? that God wants it to produce. So this fruit that we produce brings life to us, but also has power and brings life to other people. There's a um, last worship service at nine o'clock at Mosaic service. We had the opportunity to baptize an older lady named Mabel Moore. And Mabel shared her story with me last Wednesday. We got together. She had been worshiping with us for quite some time. And her son and Richard and herself. And she, uh, I came in, I said, how are you connected to the church? And I'd seen her in worship. I knew her from worship. And we had talked. 
But I want to know, you know, what brought you into the church? And she said, I get connected through worship, and I want to get more connected in Bible study, things like that. She says, I haven't been here a lot in the last couple of months because I literally was in the hospital, and we didn't know this, but I was in the hospital, and I had a kidney infection, and I almost died. I was on my deathbed. My family was called in. They said I was dead, and basically, Christ took me from death to life, and I want to be baptized. She had never been baptized in all her life, grew up in the church. And so we baptized her. And I, it's such a powerful thing because we aren't joking about connecting people to Jesus. We aren't joking about that. We're called to connect people to Jesus and we take our mission seriously. And I would say thank you very much, John Wesley United Methodist Church, for standing for something, for connecting people to Jesus, for being willing to alter yourself in the midst of a postmodern, post-Christian world and figure out exactly what that means because we're doing it. And Mabel's story is just one of many, many, many stories that we hear all the time where people are gathering and coming in connection with Jesus Christ through the ministry of John Wesley United Methodist Church. And this has been going on since the foundation of this church. This is nothing new. And again, thank you. And we are proud to be a, a team and be about that together. And we continue to seek to do our mission, connect people to Jesus. Now, Connectology, again, has a couple of characteristics and principles, and I just wanna close with this. Connection is not a command to bear fruit. Bear fruit, bear spiritual fruit, right? It's not that. Connection is about abiding, remaining in Jesus Christ. It's about a personal relationship. Connection is also includes pruning. Connection includes rearranging of your life at all ages, Pruning at all ages, all times of our life. Connection also is based on vertical love with God, horizontal love with others, and also connection with other believers. And we're gonna talk more about that next week. And it also includes power, and it gives power to other people and it gives life to other people when we connect them to Jesus Christ. Some of the most powerful things that we read every Sunday are the words of God in scripture. And I wanna finish with just the rest of this portion of this little piece of scripture from Jesus' words. Listen to these powerful words. Jesus goes on, he says, I have loved you even as a father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. That's it. That was my extra commentary. That's it. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, no longer do I call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves? Now you are my friends. Since I've told you everything the Father told me, you don't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for. Using my name, this is my command, love each other. That's Connectology 101. Let's go to God in prayer. Gracious God, thank you for calling us to be connected to you. Lord, we are your, your people. Lord, 
There's somebody in here that doesn't feel that connected to you right now, and I just pray that you uh, speak into their spirit and say, come back to me, or just give up that portion of your life and just allow me, you know, allow the Father to come into their life and love them and nurture them and connect them to the thing that gives true life, and that's Jesus Christ. Lord, you've challenged our church to continue to connect people to Jesus. Because when we don't connect people to Jesus, what happens is spiritual death and barrenness. We see it in the world around us. We see it in our government. We see it in our culture. We see it in society, Lord. And I pray that we will be connected to the thing that brings life, that has power to bring life to others. So let us be serious about this mission and this vision, Lord. And I thank you for all the stories in this place, in every place, that you have given to us because people have been connected to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I hope you enjoyed this message. And if you did, I invite you to support our ministry by giving online at jwumc.org give. I also would invite you to find a church to attend on a regular basis or join us at John Wesley on Sunday mornings at 8.15, 9 o'clock, and 11.15. God bless and have a great week.